0: It also helps her feel comfortable with what can actually be pretty daunting about a wedding, especially for women having everybody look at you. I've never, I'm never someone who's been comfortable being the center of attention as myself, but is very comfortable being the center of attention when playing a role. So I do a lot of cosplay, which Andrew has helped me with. You know, he's, carried my stuff around conventions for me and helped me adjust boots you know he deals with me and my wigs and my hats and my petticoats and all of that so he may not necessarily be surprised but it's gonna fit with what he knows about me as a person (laughs) luna freya raises an important point here the outfit she's going to wear is going to help her feel costumed and through that she's going to feel comfortable and her partner will recognize the luna freya that he knows this question of clothes that read as quite theatrical, and whether or not they're a costume, also came up when we talked to someone else, Nix, who really used the wedding in ways that seemed similar on the surface. Like Kirsten's, who we heard from in the last episode, Nix's wedding was really carefully curated on Halloween, so a day that's really associated with costume. But unlike Lunafreya, Nix didn't see what they were doing as costuming, and this is a really important difference. So let's hear a bit of Nix's story to dig into that difference. Nix is queer and non-binary.
1: I married my husband. Um, He and I, in a couple of weeks, will have been together for nine years. We got married after being together for seven years, and he's wonderful. Part of my vows, because we both wrote our vows, was um, Halloween is the best day ever, and every day is Halloween when I'm with you.
0: Obviously, Halloween was a really important piece of this wedding,
1: our wedding was on Halloween 2019. We were basically just, you know, going for a queer, spooky time. The, the whole idea was basically just to have, like, the best Halloween party ever. And, you know, that's what we tried to do.
0: For Nick's, Halloween is about a lot more than just getting dressed up.
1: Halloween has been my favorite day ever since I was a teeny tiny child. And a thing that I didn't really realize until like last year is probably one reason that Halloween was so important to me other than just genuinely really loving the aesthetic of it was like growing up, you know, I didn't have the words that I do now for my gender or being trans or any of that. I didn't have that, but on Halloween you could be whatever the hell you wanted so that is a really magical thing for a trans kid, you know?
0: So for Nyx, Halloween is so important as a time of affirmation of their trans identity. But there's yet another layer to it, too.
1: Halloween is also Samhain. It is basically the transition point into winter. It's the end of the harvest season. And it is when we enter the dark half of the year. It is quite literally like one of the biggest turning points in the whole year. And so here we were, right? Entering another point in our life. And it's like, well, Halloween's already the best day ever. And soin. So, you know, let's just let's do it. I mean, we'd already been together for so long. But no, it's definitely an important transitional ritual.
0: So in a sense, Nick's dressed in line with Halloween, but this wasn't about covering over anything. They understood it as a reflection and even an amplification of who they are. I'm
1: goth and, um, I don't wear white. So I scoured the internet and I found a dress that I liked that, um, had like a silhouette that I liked and looked really comfortable. It had like a high, it was black. Everything I wore was black, um. And my whole kind of thing that I wanted to go for was, like, goth glam Legolas from Lord of the Rings. So it had, like, this pretty high, like, neckline that kind of, like, had a corset closure with a ribbon going, like, up the front of my chest and up my throat. And the lace at the top of the dress was actually in the shape of a bat with its wings outstretched. And so then it had kind of, like, a tight fitted bodice and then it flared out with a crinoline skirt and I actually got like another longer black crinoline overskirt to go over the top.
0: Nix also described the seriously amazing footwear and accessories they wore, some of which incorporated their beloved bats. They talked about the elf ears they wore and they lovingly curated their jewelry too. I wanted
1: things that would match decently. So I actually designed my engagement ring and my wedding band and i wanted all of the jewelry in my face to match Um, i'm goth and i'm gay so i (laughs) went for onyx and rainbow moonstone
0: for nyx really attending carefully to their look for the wedding was important in representing themselves in ways that made them feel comfortable
1: a big thing for me right is that well typically when you're getting married a whole bunch of pictures are taken and um, being non-binary, right? I firmly believe that people should be able to do pretty much whatever the heck they want with their body and that, you know, however you express yourself is valid. Like, it's okay, get your tattoos, get your piercings, do weird stuff to your hair, wear the clothes you want, but be like the youest you that you can be, right? Thinking about me and myself and how I would like to achieve my meest if if we will, is like, okay, well, I could go on testosterone. And sure, that could, like, take care of a lot of the things that make me feel the dysphoric ickies sometimes. But there's also a really high chance that it would get rid of all the things that I like about my body. So it's like, cool, I could, you know, do this, this, and this. But then it would get rid of this, this, and this, and I don't want that, so... I have found my happy middle ground, which is like, well, I mean, I love tattoos and I'm already pretty heavily into body modification. And so just hecking cover yourself, you know, like jawline down, just do it. I'd already had quite a few tattoos at that point, but I'd had this kind of like checklist in my brain of things that I wanted to have completed before the wedding, not necessarily like for the wedding, but for myself. I just wanted them done before the wedding. So I just, you know, wanted to be at a further point in my own like personal physical journey or whatever the heck.
0: But as Nix implies, and I think this is so important, this isn't just about an external look. The tattoos are closely tied to their own transition. So the wedding is a point in time to orient who they are becoming to help manifest that self. And for sure, this is something that we can see. The tattoos were really visible with their outfit. But there was a lot more here than met the eye in what could be read as just a curated style. You can see that Nick's work toward the wedding is something important not only for their relationship, but for themselves as a queer, trans, goth person. And in that sense, what they wore wasn't something that covered them over, like we typically think of with Halloween, but something that revealed them.
1: I don't view things like that as costumey. And that's that's like a thing that, because it's like, for example, right? Did I wear the elven ears and all of that because it was Halloween? Hell no. I would have done it regardless. One thing that I love so much is the gender presentation of the elves in Lord of the Rings, specifically the movies. Because n- no matter their gender, they are m- like more on the femme side of the spectrum. For me, they are like, peak gender. It's very, very good. It's not inherent in androgyny. It's like, hey, let's venture more into the femme. And even the lady elves, right? They, you know, they exist kind of in this weird, like, middleness. And I really, really like that. And so when I was, when I was a child, and Lord of the Rings was being released into movie theaters, I'm like, this, this makes me happy, and I don't know why, and then I got older, and I was like, oh, because that's, like, what I want to be. Oh, typically with goth, and a lot of other alternative fashion communities, or alternative communities, right, because it's not necessarily just the fashion, but a lot of things that people would consider to be costumey to us is just, like, daily wear. A lot of a lot of thing that alternative communities have in common is that a lot of the presentation is over the top. And it's not necessarily for the sake of theatrics, or for the sake of other people. It's like, for you, you know, and it's just being the used you that you can be
0: Both Luna Freya and Nyx are talking about visually spectacular weddings, but in their different ways, each of them is using the performance of it all to speak in some pretty clear ways about themselves as people, and to deepen the bonds with their partners. One theme that's been running through all of our interviews with queer, trans, and feminist folks about their weddings is that they're using the occasion to both explore and affirm who they are. Sometimes that's more subtle, and sometimes, like with these two weddings, it's crystal clear. We hope you'll join us for the next episode when we're talking about wedding attire and gender fluidity. Redressing Weddings is produced by Ilya Parkins and Kenya Gutteridge. Editing is by Kenya Gutteridge. The podcast is supported by funding from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. Our deep thanks go to all participants for sharing their stories.